in this episode, my friend Eugene Barnes sits down with me again. He's been a guest previously, and we just catch up on what he's been doing over the last two and a half years practicing the infinite banking concept. We had a lovely conversation. This man is full of wisdom. I enjoyed it, and I hope you do as well. Thanks for listening. But from a, a positive and faith standpoint, my pastor used to say, you don't have to use the word, I can't afford it right now. I can, no, I can't afford it, but it's just not wise for me to do this at this time. <laughs> I don't like use. I, I don't like that term either. I didn't have enough money to buy a bag of peanuts or Pepsi Cola. I don't like using the term. I can't afford it. That devil is a lie. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> I love that. I I, I love that. You know, words have meaning. Words have power. You know, if it comes out of your mouth, um, it's it's on you. You know, and you don't. And I'm just saying that you shouldn't let stuff like that get on you. You know, I choose not to do that today. You know, I not in my best interest to do that today. Um, I like that. My daddy used to say when uh, when I was young and, and if I was griping about the cost of something and, uh, you know, I say, oh, that's too high or, you know, they want too much for that. And, you know, I just remember, you know, like if I said that, you know, it's too high, that's too much money. You know, he would say, no, that's not too high. You can't afford it. You know, and uh, and his encouragement to me was to make something happen. Right. Go out and create the wealth, you know, go to work and spend less than you make. And um you know, of course, it used to take me off, too, and I was, you know, a little bit insulted, a little bit hurt in the pride, you know. But the fact was, my habits uh, in situations like that were needed to be changed, you know. It's, uh, yeah. you know, you're going to spin, 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 and then decide to count. That's bass backwards where I come from. You know, you've got you've to accumulate something. And then, you know, like I love the timeline, the way you went through the, the numbers and the, those uh, individuals, those gentlemen, their uh, 401k balances. And if let's say that I can only uh, pay uh, $10 a day, uh, $50 a day, whatever it is, instead of it going into a 401k, I'm going to pay a life insurance premium. And if I do that because I have discipline – I mean, we we can go out. The further out we go, the bigger the numbers are going to be because it only goes one way. The cash value increase in life insurance only goes mm -hmm. one way. Okay. <laughs> um, and so now I got time. But if you got 25 or 30 years on your on your side, you know, that there's only two, you know, time being the most important. But when you put time and money together, the longer the time period, you know, the greater the compounding. That's, there's no secret about that. But if I'm systematically – Accumulating capital, i.e. paying a premium, properly structured policy that has a legitimate cash value with a legitimate company, it's going to it's gonna only go one way. It's going to accumulate. But now when we bring in the banking, it'll have a rate of return on it, right? No question. But now if we bring in the banking function, I can collateralize that and get out of debt like in your case or maybe go make an investment or whatever I was going to do anyway without interrupting that compounding man that's powerful it's, it's, and it's it is and it's it you and 
My encouragement has always been for people to expose themselves to the idea that they can control the banking function. And when you ponder on things like that, and we all, when it comes to our money and wealth, I get it. We all like to pencil the numbers, you know, and I think that's human. Man, when you pencil that for a year or two, six months, and whenever you can see that, that you can accumulate money and collateralize it without interrupting the compounding, that'll blow your mind. That's a complete paradigm shift in thinking to the point that it will cause you or could cause you to maybe change your actions. Man, that's powerful. Yeah, I tell you. When I I heard it, I, I got the concept pretty quick. And I took a bite of it, and I've been chewing ever since. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I love that. I love it. Well, so what yeah. else? What else? What else do you want to touch on, Eugene? You're like uh, one a, thing, uh, full uh, of what, wisdom. Uh, one thing. <laughs> one thing I said one time. I said, "Do you know you could do? You could do the uh, a good thing at at the wrong time." I said, I'd rather do a, uh, I'd rather do a good thing at the wrong time, but any time you do the wrong thing at the wrong time. When you when you're doing uh, good things, say uh, for example, I'm saving money. I'm saving money. That's a good thing. And uh, uh, in this particular case, I say the wrong way. You're not going about it the wrong way, because uh, as I mentioned before. In this uh, podcast, when they're talking about um, this dude, so well, I never heard of anybody having cash value within the first two or three years. I said, well, I can turn you on to something to give you a cash value in the first three or four weeks. And they just wanted to call me wrong, and I didn't know what I was talking about and all this kind of stuff. I said, well, obviously, I know somebody that knows more than you do about your own business. <laughs> he said, well, I never heard it. I said, well, come on, and I've been in it for 24 years. I said, well, you've just been ignorant to the fact for 24 years. And I said, and if I hadn't schooled him who had been here for 17 years, another seven years, he'd be saying the same thing you're saying. I never heard of it. But he can't say it now because I just told him. <laughs> so when you're talking about uh, people going to force their stuff on you, and it's just they're like money and false doctrines and anything else. If do if if you don't un- do your homework and you don't understand individual word meaning and definition, when people come to you with false doctrine, they're already not studying. They're saying what well, somebody told them. But wisdom come, like say, when you turn me on to the banking concept, then I started studying for myself and started learning what a lot of these things meant. Many people in, uh, that takes uh, that teaches false doctrine and it is so misleading is they're taking something that they heard and they're taking off with it and not studying anything. He says, why you do term all the time where knowledge and wisdom is lacking, ignorance and stupidity will surely overrule. And you just wind up looking bad in the end. There was, uh, say for example, because th- what I'm finna mention now is far, far more serious. But there was a, uh, we know the atheists, they, they say they don't believe in God. And there was one that some, one time said he had a near-death experience. <laughs> he said, but after then, 
And I found out I had been lied to. Oh, I have been lied to. <laughs> but it's sad when I saw another sign one time that said, there are no unbelievers in hell. Mm-hmm. It is so true, yet eternally sad. It is so true. But why wait to, to the vicissitudes of life is coming against you like a flood? Then they say, now I believe. Well, we've been trying to tell you all the time. I've heard so many, many of the financial gurus out there that say that infinite banking concept it, 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 it's, a, it's a hoax, it's a scam and all this here. But I said, I'm hearing it from the ones that have never been in it. Right. <laughs> I'm not hearing it from the one that's in it. And I remember in one of your podcasts where you said you picked on the Federal Reserve, picked on the IRS Code 7702, your money, your, your money, your loans is, is collateralized and you never use your money. Then you said, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> when you said, who wouldn't want that? I said, I know I want it. And I have it. <laughs> and I plan to keep it. Um. Amen. <laughs> I tell you now. And, and then it's, 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 it's a bit irritating when you listen to people like that in one sense. You know they're wrong, but it's irritating men. But then, too, it's not like I have to sit there and listen to them. But even so often I listen to them just to see how wrong they are. And they tend to talk to see how much they think they know when I already know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, some people used to say just the wrong of two left shoes, but two right shoes is just the wrong of two left shoes. But if you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> and I also yeah. had to get that straight with the, uh, one other thing. Had to get this straight with the uh, Nash County, Nash County Courthouse. Well, they couldn't charge me with contempt of court because I wasn't in court. <laughs> but I was on, I was a call for jury duty. And they didn't pay me for two days of my valuable time. And I only had three three days. But they paid me nothing. And because I didn't show up the third day. So I went back to the judge. I said, I need to speak to somebody who is authorized to say whether or not I get paid for these two days of my valuable time when I could have been studying something more important, or these two litigants here are standing here in court <clears throat> debating about a lawsuit when the defense attorney and the prosecuting attorney said, there's no question about who's in fault. And no question. Well, if you know that, get these litigants together and you all reach a settlement because I have something else to do. And he said, I didn't get paid for the 17th and 18th of April because I didn't show up for the 19th. Well, let me tell you why I didn't show up for the 19th, because somebody gave me something that I didn't need and what they should have told me, they didn't tell me. To call this number, and I called the 17th, called the 18th, I want this to be in court for the jury duty, report to court. I was there on the, on the 19th when I called that number and said, you do not have to report for jury duty on the 19th of April 2023. I said, now this is the court now. I said, they can arrest you for not being in court. I played it back again. I told Betty to come and listen to it. We heard the same thing. But the reason I said, the reason you all probably never said nothing about an arrest is because you know you're wrong. I said, but I only come to let you know that professionalism does not indicate perfection, not by a long shot. Much less does it constitute or establish perfection, not professionalism. I said, do Michael Jordan with his old $3 billion self would never have missed a shot. 
<laughs> so I'm talking to an answering machine that said I didn't have to be there. The next day, they showed my name is Eugene. I'm riding around in my bad machine, riding around in Wilson County viewing the scene with a gangster lean. And then I get a phone call that made me mean. Why aren't you in court? <laughs> so I hustled from Wilson County to Nash County. And then they said, well, that's all right. They said they didn't need you. <laughs> but see, what, what happened, what they won't admit is that they played back and they heard the same thing I heard. And the reason I wasn't there. And I said, you and your little entourage, you left out one little specific that caused this problem. I said, but if we can resolve this, it would take care of the next 100 problems. I said, it's a minor plight, a very minor contingency, but a very costly lesson. In fact, a very valuable lesson. And I think the judge probably figured then that I said it was a costly lesson and valuable lesson to me. I said, no, I've done my homework before I got here. <laughs> I said, I don't necessarily wish to be paid money as long as you all pay attention. And I think she said, well, I think this conversation is over. I said, I was about to dismiss class, Your Honor. You all may go now. And I got out of there. <laughs> but you see, uh, criminal contempt and uh, civil contempt, civil contempt of court carry about a $500 fine and 30 days in jail. Where criminal contempt about a $500 fine and 90 days in jail. So there was no way to do it close to the court date because of about two weeks after, and I'm still waiting on my money that I didn't get. <laughs> and I know I'm going to get it now. <laughs> so these things, so, so people are not going to admit when they're wrong. And like I said, my, the courthouse, the people selling insurance policy, if you're wrong, you're just wrong. There would have been time I was wrong, they want to admit I was wrong. But hey, if, if you grow older, you. you it didn't take a rocket science to figure this out. Yeah. You know, I couldn't get into where you just keep scheming. If you were wrong, you didn't know that you didn't know. But I did know when I went down, I know what I was told. I know what I heard, had the number that I called and all of this. And I still didn't pay me for two days of my valuable time. But that's all right. I just keep oh. driving. For <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they paid attention, right? They didn't pay you, money. but they might have paid attention. Uh, <laughs> you know that yeah. that that reminds me of. Uh, you know, it's not like I, I mean I have a lot of time for amusements, but um, every now and then. You know, I'm on Facebook and, you know, you get stalked. If you look at something too long on social media today, you know, all the algorithms throw this stuff up at you. And uh, I do take great pride and joy from time to time looking at these comments, these thread of comments on Facebook when life insurance comes up, whether it's universal life, whole life, becoming your own banker or whatever they've you know, bastardized the name to changing Nelson's work, the the name of his work and all these. And, and so I, I'm guilty. I have spent too much time going through some of those threads, Eugene. I, I'm telling you, <coughs> excuse me, but reading the comments is so entertaining. You can tell the people <laughs> that know nothing about life insurance, which is about 98% of them. <laughs> right. And then you can tell the people and I mean, I'm talking about the just the general public. Right. 
<clears throat> and then you can tell the financial gurus that know nothing about life insurance, but there'll be a great big old long thread of all these people talking about stuff they know nothing about. And they refuse to hear or listen to the other person's point, which I agree with quite often because the other person's point is just as wrong as their point. But just watching these people, uh, you know, type in their their responses and their communications between each other when it comes to life insurances, it's been quite entertaining, you know, and they'll go on and on and on. And, you know, you can only take so much of it because then you're just sub- subjecting yourself to ignorance, you know, once you get past the humor and then just move on. <laughs> but it's been quite entertaining. Um, yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. it's – it's hard to admit when you're wrong. I completely agree with that. Most people can't or won't. And, and I don't want to, like I said earlier, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but it is difficult. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong, right? It's okay. It's, it's uh, make the correction, make an apology if you owe, if you owe one and, and then stop being wrong. You know, I mean, and, and, and when it comes to education or knowledge, there's no excuse to continue to be wrong. Right. That's right. Um, right. uh, me. So, but, you know most people or a lot of people don't like to read and they just want everything fed up to them in a in a radio show or you know a podcast or youtube uh video and you know uh nelson's first book becoming your own banker 92 pages big print lots of illustrations some blank pages very simple read it's an easy read very conceptual um and, you know, let's see, he was a life insurance agent in 1964. Prior to that, he was a forester. He was an economist from 1957, 1947, um, and a real estate investor. And so he printed that book in 2000, Becoming Your Own Banker. So mm-hmm. I know I should be better at numbers, but let me bring up a bit of a calculator here. So he printed the book in 2000. He quit writing life insurance outside of his family, right? And uh, But he was still in the life insurance business because he still wrote policies for his family um, in 2000. Mm-hmm. Between 1964 and 2000, when that book was printed, that's uh, 36 years, all right? Mm-hmm. And so right. – 36 years he was a forester for almost 10 he's an austrian economist since uh, 1947 and a real estate investor and so all of that history all of that experience all rolled up into a 92 page book right and it's it's legitimately an easy read and my point here is i can talk and i talk uh, an awful lot about the infinite banking concept and life insurance um, but no one can convey if it took you three hours to read that book. I don't know of anyone that can that could convey that much knowledge in three hours. I just don't. And Nelson used to do 10 hour seminars and it was in essence going through his book. And so three hours, four or five hours, if you're a slow reader, spread it out over a couple of weeks to read this 92 page book and the amount of experience and knowledge with the background of life insurance, real estate, forestry, um, 
Austrian economics that that one could draw out of that book is just hard to beat. And and my point there is that I believe one should just make the time to read the book, pass up all the YouTube videos and all these social media threads and all these people talking about something they don't know anything about or they know very little about. You know, Nelson used to say you take some a little bit of information and you'll you can absolutely come to ridiculous conclusions. And so to avoid that, just go straight to the source and uh, purchase a book. You can get it on Audible and spend three and a half, four hours reading it and and absorb some of that uh, experience that he had. And then, like you said, I love the definition of study. I think I'm going to I'm going to put that in in the notes of this podcast. Um, spend some time chewing on that. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. it could change your life. It could change your life. So. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I want to say this, James. Uh, one thing I tell the people to kind of be on the lookout for when they say the infinite banking concept, that is a policy called the infinite banking concept, but it's, it's the IUL. Mm. Um, what is it? In, what is it? Index in, universal life. Yeah, yeah, just a universal life. And um, I was telling Beth this um, one good scenario was when a person never, never asks, if a person asks questions, they are, they are uninformed only temporarily. But a person that goes on, on and on and on, never ask questions, is a fool forever. Ooh. In a particular arena, it is foolish forever. It, it never uh, considers that there may be somebody out there that knows more than they know. Yeah. You see? And that's why I learned what I did learn as quick as I did about the infinite banking concept because when I heard you all introduced the infinite banking concept versus another fellow inf- introduced the infinite banking concept for the, the uh, what the in, un, industry universal life indexed indexed, indexed universal life. Uh-huh. Yeah. When, and when I heard that, I knew it wasn't the same. There were some slight differences in there. Uh, did you, did you agree, have you noticed that, or you agree with that? Uh, absolutely, yes, yes, I absolutely. What I found it's different from what we have. So when I see infinite banking concept and I look at certain names under there and I know the people involved, then I know not to watch that one. Yeah. So, and like you say, if, unless it's just for entertainment, <laughs> but it's not going to sway me one way or the other. <laughs> right. like at our, like our Pastor Grant used at our church, get in your lane, stay focused and keep driving. <laughs> now there could be some bumps in the road along the way but stay focused sure and keep driving you know, uh, you know that when it comes to IUL index universal life you know that's you know universal life came out in the uh, 80s uh, maybe even the late 70s you know and it came out really because of E.F. Hutton remember him when E.F. Oh, Hutton yeah, speaks, everyone listens yeah so that was you know a brokerage house and they wanted to compete with the life insurance industry. And then the life insurance industry wants to be all things to all people. So they create this 
index unit or they create universal life that's the original that was too back when the interest rates were pretty high um and people were hating on whole life insurance you know have ralph nader and all of these termites people that just sell term and then the uh, bond promoters too they didn't like life insurance because it was hard for them to compete against life insurance you're just selling the rate of return on bonds compared to life insurance Anyway, so E.F. Hutton, they decide that they, you know, stockbrokers, right? They, they want to they get into the life insurance business and life insurance industry. want to be all things to all people. And then people hating on whole life. So the life insurance industry is like, hey, we'll unbundle whole life insurance, which cannot be done. Separate the cash value component, right, that accumulates from the cost of the death benefit. That's the genesis of universal life. And then they did it in a time where there's a high interest rates. Okay. Um, you know what happened to all those universal life policies that were sold in the 70s and 80s? They blew up. Because the cost of the insurance goes up every day that your feet are on the ground and you're breathing oxygen. The internal cost of the insurance goes up. And the interest rates have done nothing but go down since 80s. Right. And so they've all blown up and I'm just sharing with you. Um, and then so the life insurance industry comes out in uh, the 90s, late 80s and 90s with variable universal life. So they change the sub accounts. So they look like many little mutual funds. They're called sub accounts within the universal life policy, the variable universal life policy. OK, so they're trying to get a high rate of return. So the rate of return on the uh, investment vehicle, the sub accounts will outperform the internal increasing cost of the death benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then they discovered that the uh, market doesn't always go one way. The market does not always go up. So right. an awful lot of them, the ones that haven't imploded or the they're on their way to be coming uh cannibalized or there it's just a matter of time before they implode my opinion and i've been in life insurance business 32 years i don't know everything but i understand life insurance okay all right so then they come out with uh you uh indexed universal life right iul and it used to be called eugene equity indexed universal life well they had to drop the e to get the word equity out right and then some of them have even replaced it with Fixed index universal life. <clears throat> okay. Still the same con- concept, trying to separate, unbundle whole life insurance. So you got a cost of the death benefit that goes up every day you're on the face of the earth. There's an exponential curve internally by design, you can't correct it, of the cost of life insurance, the death benefit in a universal life policy. There is an exponential curve. That cost of insurance goes up to the point that it will cannibalize itself, the policy. And I don't care what these promoters, how they promote it, how they can do their specially designed. And, you know, they'll they'll say guys like me don't understand how to design a universal life to keep it from happening. Okay. So that's just, and I don't mean to go on a big historical, you know, <laughs> history trip there, but there's some, there's some background there. So let's just think about that. <clears throat> All right. So you came out with universal life and it blows up. That's strike one. You come out with variable universal life, and if it hadn't blown up, it's on its way to blowing up. That's strike two. And here now we have index universal life. 
hell, strike three and the game's over, you're out. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh you know but it can make for a really good presentation and it's always dumbed down to the lowest common denominator rate of return rate of return rate of return and it's still smoothly jumping over the banking function except for now some of these life insurance um, agents they have discovered some of them have discovered nelson nash and they can even stumble his name you know out of their mouth nelson nash they can even say and put together three letters ibc right infinite banking concept so they talk about all that while they're still promoting this universal life that's flawed by design. And they're still, you know, playing the game on the third strike. But, you know, God bless them. They don't know, you know. Um, that's my opinion. They don't know. There, There's only two types of uh, agents that promote that, in my opinion. And I'm saying this in love and a little bit of out of admonishment. Um, you know, you're either ignorant. And being ignorant's okay as long as you don't remain that way, right? right. But you can right. fix ignorance. You can learn, right? So either those guys, those individuals promoting IUL are ignorant and they don't know. They just don't know. Or, Eugene, they do know. And if they do know and they still promote that, then it's a, a moral issue. Uh, yeah. Uh, you reminded me when you said that it's an ignorant to the fact they just don't know. I told Betty, I said, one of the best scenarios that I thought of when a person is ignorant to a certain thing and then just, just insist on being ignorant, then I have no alternative to, to grant to them their promotion. It's <laughs> <be> stupid. <laughs> You're going to be promoted. <laughs> But now, when you was and another thing, you when you was talking just then, you say about the market is not going to remain the same. That also affects four one ks. Am I right? Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. I got this X number of dollars in my four one k. I say, but according to the market band, you are somewhere between seven hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars short because the government used the rest of your money. Oh, brokers, government and brokers. And all these people that benefited them. So if they give you a nice little chunk, what they say a nice little chunk, what, what the people think is a nice little chunk at retirement time, then they stick their chest out and say, I done good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the government done better. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Uncle Guido always does really well, doesn't he? <laughs> Uncle Guido. Yeah, and, and at whose expense? That's right. <laughs> Who, at whose expense? You know, I like that. If you think about that, let's say that say you have a hundred thousand dollars in the in your four hundred one k. All right. Well, you know, dang good and well, twenty to fifty percent of that's going to be taxable, right? Depending on whatever the tax brackets are and your income is, whenever you decide to retire, which is an unknown date into the unknown future, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, a third to half of that money is Uncle Guido's. Pray tell. <laughs> pray tell who's paying all the management fees on that money of Uncle Guido's. Who's <laughs> who's paying that? Coming straight out from your account, right? So there you are paying fees uh, and assuming all the risk too, right? You're assuming all the risk, whether that value goes up or down. But then you're paying fees on Uncle Guido's share. 
Now, if you think that through, if you'll study that issue and little points like this along the your financial path within this financial construct, you might discover that uh, the game that's being played is a sucker's game. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. You're so right. You know, and I, I say it all the time because I love it. You know, you you know, you remember W.C. Fields. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of these younger generation, they don't know who he was. Okay. That's why. <laughs> okay. Black and white uh, movies, you know, uh, just look up W.C. Fields if you, the listener, have don't know who he, who he was. Uh, you might be entertained. Okay. W.C. Fields uh, was talking one time to an individual about uh about money and investing you know and he says well the broker made money right and the firm made money and two out of three ain't bad well who's the other third one that's you you know (laughs) two two of them won and two out of three ain't bad it's like yeah okay so you know it's (laughs) Man, if we know what's going on, Eugene, Nelson said it, you know, if we know what's going on, we'll know what to do. You know, we got to get the characters in the play, right? Who's the banker, right? Who's performing the banking function? And the banking function exists. Banking is, I've I've said it many times, I think uh, banking is the oldest profession on earth, Eugene. Help me out if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong or not, okay? Because money financed what we commonly think is the oldest profession in the world that was financed so that means banking is the oldest uh business in the world right so banking is and 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 whomever performs the banking function is going to profit from it and it should be you you know whatever it is you're doing for a living i don't care if you're laying bricks you're 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 doing uh carpentry i don't care if you're building tires or automobiles i don't care what you're doing if you're self-employed and you're in business i don't care what you're doing whatever you do whatever you put your hand to is really probably the most profitable thing that you can do right and the second most profitable thing you can do is finance what you do for a living you say, well, James, I'm not in business. I don't have anything to finance. While we're all driving cars, paying for education, <laughs> buying homes, and then we're having children, and then we go on vacation. Oh, and our children are getting educated, and they're buying cars, and they're buying – banking is. And, man, if you just get into the banking business, it could change your life. And this is the way to do it, in my Amen humble opinion. So, yes, sir, Man, it makes me want to preach, Eugene. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like if I can't hand you a, a hand you a collection right now, I can hand you an amen. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so look, Eugene, we've been going about an hour and a half, um, which is good. You know, time flies when you're having fun. I could I could spend all day talking to you, sir. Um, anything you want to cover before we? Wind down. Um, well, I, I just uh, keep my gloves on and keep bossing my way through this thing. You know, that every now and then you get somebody to come. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the being motivational is it possible. You and, share this with a lot of people, don't you? Yes. Yes. One time, I, after about a year, one time I kind of slacked up and I've been going full force again. And there was so often I had somebody to come back and say, what that thing you were talking about now about that? That investment, I said, yeah, I know you didn't hear it good because it's not what I said. I said, come on, let me tell you a little more about it. <laughs> so uh, it kind of reminded me of uh, the time you said when Nelson expected X number of people to be at a seminar. Mm -hmm. And it was far less than he expected. And when I got my little notes together, something that I tried to point out that I think was going to be um, something they can catch on to that they think would be might might be beneficial to them, and um, they just they just never show any more interest in it. So that's when obviously they didn't get it. But um, I just keep we we'll just keep doing what we're doing. It's working for us, and after a while, uh, people say that's like on something. That, how do you do this? And how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, we've done it through this uh, infinite banking concept, and I promise you it made things a lot more easier. Uh, the money doesn't draw interest in a safe deposit box. Mm -hmm. uh, burying your money in the ground or wherever you keep it. And to know what was exciting, to know that it's constantly growing. One, one uh, young lady said it was like a savings on steroids. Mm -hmm. He said... It's just to keep feeding the policy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's feeding the policy. <clears throat> it, that that is you get, once you get hooked up, then you'll see what we're talking about. You can pull it up on your computer. You can look at an account. You can see what it is doing. You can see the pending on the same day your premiums come out and all this kind of stuff. You see where it's processed at the end of the year. You can, uh, at the end of the month, you can see it all because it's your banking system. Amen. So my word to the crowd is to get with it, and you may not want to quit it. Right? <laughs> get yeah. with it. Yeah. And like well, I understood, I, uh, yeah. I want to say something at the pastor's anniversary, and the administrator said you got three minutes because there's so many people want to talk. I said, well, the administrator told me that I had three minutes. Oh, listen, Eugene, uh, you froze. It might be my internet connection. I just got a sign that said my internet connection was unstable. I okay. I didn't I didn't get any of that. I mean, and okay. man, you were on a roll, and I hate that I missed it. Can you go through that again? <laughs> the administrator. When I spoke to the administrator, I spoke to the pastor. Someone had thing to say to him on his anniversary. I said the administrator said I had only three minutes. I said she said it like she meant it. I said, but she failed to realize that six, that a minute had only 60 seconds in it. And if I talk too long, eternity might creep in it. <laughs> so, so I got with it real quick. And when I finished that, she said, you already lost a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, but every other minute on my own, on my own time, I've been trying to encourage people to get to something that's gonna be, that, would they, that would be highly beneficial to them if, if, if they don't think so give it a try in a way mm. give it a try in a way and uh it's like the old adage go from years long ago try you might like it i'm sure you might like it i haven't heard anybody that was in it yet that said they didn't 
Yeah. 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 Me too. <clears throat> Me too. I, I've I've seen people break things before, you know, and you get uh, sidetracked and what have you. But when you when you in Nelson, he always said this is caught more than taught. And when you catch it and it gets on you, and you do a good thorough study to whatever extent that that is for you, um, man, it it it's life changing. And so. <clears throat> excuse me if you want if you want to get on it <clears throat> and you want to get started there's some notes in the in the uh below right if you're on youtube you can there'll be links below on how you can learn um and it's really an educational process just buy a couple of books vet it for yourself and if you're uh listening and uh you don't have access to show notes go to bankingwithlife.com and just go to the bookstore and buy you some books. There's some recommended reading list up there. You know, for under, for really, if you if you were to purchase Becoming Your Own Banker, Nelson's first book, his second book, Building a Warehouse of Wealth, a third book written by Dr. Robert Murphy and uh, businessman Carlos Lara, How Privatized Banking Really Works. There's three books. And then you uh, either purchase Nelson's six and a half hour DVD series, and own it, you know, the just the DVDs, the little pieces of plastic that you got to plug into a computer or your game box. I know some of you people out there 50 years old are still gaming, um, <laughs> which is okay. Um, but if you don't have a game box or a way to play a DVD, you can purchase a digital access to a six and a half hour uh, presentation and becoming your own banker <clears throat> excuse me becoming your own banker is available on audible <clears throat> so if i total all that up i think you can get out the door for about 250 or 300 dollars tops and you don't even have to buy it all at one time right buy one book get through it buy the next book get through that and uh save yourself some time and money right you can afford two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars over the next, you know, oh, next week or oh, next yeah. six months. But that's how one would learn properly, and then put all of that other stuff on the side. When you Google up infinite banking concepts, you know the first five or ten things that come up on Google are going to be paid advertisements. Which I'm a capitalist; I understand advertising. I'm saying overlook those and go to the source: infinitebanking.org. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for letting me run through that too, Eugene. But that's how you get started. Right. Go right to the sword. This is exactly right. Exactly right. Okay, Eugene. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was was saying you're so correct. Okay. It's like asking me, asking me what someone else's name is, and they're standing right over there. (laughs) Right to the sword. (laughs) That's right. That's right. All right, thank you, Eugene, for spending time with us. Tell Betty I said hello, and uh, appreciate her, and I appreciate you. Okay, and, uh, you know, it's, all, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, uh, James. Um, I don't know uh, nobody else in America that stays on my mind like my agents, because this was in my financial arena here in North Carolina. My agents is in Texas. So North go. Carolina, I mean, Texas is the next state to North Carolina as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we well, should drive on over sometime. We'll go to lunch. 
Right. All right. And, 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 <laughs> it, and we're working hard now. We're working hard on making that happen. Perfect. On making that happen. Uh, we got these two little ladies as a client. This one is 99, was 99 in August, and her sister would be 101 in about another couple of weeks. They're bedridden and they can't do up and get, they can't get up and do anything, but they can surely tell you something. <laughs> yeah, two little sisters, ninety nine and one hundred one. So they still have the their mind. They still have the solid mind. Most most of the time, most yeah. of the time, they their mind is pretty good. One of them. I, I'd be interested in hearing in what a uh, hundred and one year old lady. Uh, <laughs> nice lady and her 98 year old sister has to say i i think i'd pay attention oh yes they have some things to tell us now <laughs> yeah that's perfect all right eugene have a good rest of your day sir thanks again i appreciate you very much okay all right no sure appreciate you too jane right. and uh hope we can do this again sometime um, sooner than the last there you go okay i'm all in people love you i'm telling you I've got. I've received several emails over the last, you know, three or four months. When's Eugene going to come back? When are you going to get Eugene? You know, he's my favorite, you know, guest you've had on there. And, and uh, I'm like, well, give me a minute. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll see you, Eugene. Thanks. All right, now you have a good day. You Rest too. of your day. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.